WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 88, All About the Hobbit, Chapter 2, Roast Mutton, being the 88th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Molly and Becca of Pod and Prejudice. Welcome. Hi. Hello. First of all, love the name of your podcast. Thank you. Excellent. That was A+. Becca. <laughs> <laughs> we read an article like early on when we decided to do a podcast that was like rule number one of naming a podcast. Don't put the word podcast or pod in your title. And I was like, what if we just did that anyway? Yeah, just do it anyway. I got so lucky with the name of my podcast where I came up with the name first because I came up with this pun about Tolkien. And then and then everything came from there. So I can't imagine having to reverse engineer a name and be like, I, we have this idea for a podcast. How, what, do, what do we name it? Because the name is is almost everything when you're trying to, like, get people to listen. So I feel like Pod and Prejudice, I think that's an exception to the don't put podcast in the in the name rule because it's a, it's like also a pun and people love puns. People love so puns. So it works. Yeah. So listeners, um, I, I stumbled across the Pod and Prejudice Instagram account one day and I was like, oh, it looks like they're doing kind of a similar similar idea for what I'm doing with Lord of the Rings where someone is experiencing this work for the first time and I was like oh let me reach out and see if they're at all interested in the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or anything turns out they are so why don't you guys tell me um, a little bit about your podcast and then also what is your history or whatever with Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit like how did you how did you come to find it so our podcast is, as Mary Clay said, Pod and Prejudice. I had never read any Jane Austen before, and Becca loves Jane Austen. The correct term I think we've used is Jane Austen stan. Yes, <laughs> Becca is a stan. And so we've been working our way chapter by chapter through Jane Austen's works. We're finishing, uh, I almost said we're finishing Pod and Prejudice. We're finishing Pride and Prejudice next month and moving on to Sense and Sensibility. and. My experience with Tolkien, Tolkien, Tolkien. It's okay. I know I say it wrong. It's technically (laughs) Tolkien, but I say it wrong. It's fine. It's fine. He has a complicated name. My experience with him is I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies. However, I don't remember what happens in them. And then during this quarantine, I have read the Lord of the Rings books. And despite also having just read them, I don't think it really stuck. Um, They were fun, but not you know, my thing. Um, But I I enjoyed them. And I do know what happens. I just like couldn't recite it back to you. There's a ring. They throw it into the pit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know what, that's quite an endeavor for you to be like, yeah, Lord of the Rings, not really my thing, but I still read them. Because the amount of people who would like pick up Fellowship of the Ring and be like, oh my God, 30 (laughs) pages of exposition. I'm not doing this. And then just not even finish it. So like I applaud your endeavor to even like stick to your guns and finish it out. Thank you. I'm a big nerd. Um, Star Wars is my favorite like series. I love Harry Potter. And so I, I really felt like I had to have at least given it a shot or like be able to say that I've read them. So now I have, and I'm probably not going to do it again. (laughs) 
Solid, <laughs> solid. And um, Molly and I are in the same boat, listeners, because she has read. So she has read Lord of the Rings, but she has only read thus far into The Hobbit. And then Becca, what's what's your story? What's your deal? Great. Hi, everyone. So my deal is the exact opposite. Along the way, I did read The Hobbit. Uh, it's a little bit of a shorter, lighter read than Lord of the Rings. I've never watched Lord of the Rings. I've never read Lord of the Rings. I actually, so when the pandemic first started last year, I was like, this is it. This is when I'm going to. We started at the same time. Yeah, we started reading Lord of the Rings at the same time. I am halfway through Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. And I haven't finished. <laughs> So that's fine. I've, that makes sense. I've put it down and picked it up many times. Like Molly, I am also a huge nerd, Harry Potter, Star Wars. I just one project I actually did get through in quarantine was I watched all the Marvel films in a row. So impressive, impressive. So did you do did you do um like timeline order or like order of um like when they came out? I, I did release order and uh I then ranked them but that's a different podcast this is a lord of the rings podcast but (laughs) so did you read the hobbit like in quarantine or did you read it like earlier in your childhood no i read it earlier i think i read it in college uh my one of my college roommates shout out danny uh was a big fan of lord of the rings and i somehow ended up on the hobbit and she is the one who introduced me to my favorite piece of tolkien zeitgeist which is the russian hobbit which Mm -hmm. we briefly discussed at the beginning of the episode but yeah we were talking before we were recording which is basically just a 1985 soviet union adaptation of the hobbit and it's spectacular i can't even describe how low budget and excellent it is (laughs) So that's my experience with Lord of the Rings. Uh, Like Molly, I wasn't always the biggest fan of The Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings franchise, mostly because it's sometimes used by fans to say things like, oh, but that's like the real fantasy. That's like the best fantasy. And I'm like, people can like whatever fantasy they want to like. But that doesn't have to do with the book itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to actually finish the Lord of the Rings series eventually because I also think I'm someone who would really enjoy those movies but I want to read the books yeah. first the movies are good the movies are a hoot and a half also like I, it's not that the books the books are just long like I think that's why I'm not going to read them again like those are also mm. fun so I I would recommend yeah. sticking it out um I have a Tolkien fun fact that's a little bit related to that though you probably already know this and your listeners probably already know this and maybe you talked about it in chapter one but I didn't know that The Hobbit was written before The Lord of the Rings just because reading it it feels like such a prologue or not prologue it feels like a a prequel Mm -hmm. it's like by the way let's tell you how all of this happened and obviously I've only read two chapters but that really shook me to my core and apparently like he wrote the hobbit or everyone his editors were like oh like everyone really loved the hobbit can you write us some more of that story and he's like i don't think you're gonna like what i have (laughs) (laughs) because it's so yeah yeah so i actually that's actually the reason why i'm covering all of this in the order is that i am is because i thought the hobbit was like a prequel and I thought The mm-hmm. Hobbit came out because here's the thing is when you look when you look at Lord of the Rings and you look at The Hobbit, you would never in your wildest dreams imagine that like Tolkien wrote The Hobbit and then they're like, hey, people really like this. Can you do one more thing? And he's like, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, let me let me see what I got. And then just like word vomits 
a thousand pages right. of like deep dense text and like history of Middle Earth and like and twenty thousand characters who all have similar sounding <laughs> names and horses and battles yeah. and and you're you would just never think that like that's what came second. This idea that like if the Hobbit hadn't gone well. All of that idea, all of those ideas would have just been floating around in his head for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot. Well, apparently he wrote the languages first and, like, had created, like, Elvish and, like, whatever kinds of languages there are because I only remember Elvish. But, like, he wrote those languages and created them and then made the story so that he could fit them in. Yeah, he is... Oh my god, he's yeah. just a Batshire insane author and like I applaud I applaud him. Like yeah, I- good good job, my dude. I think so. like one of the things that comes through really clearly when you read The Hobbit versus for the half book of Lord of the Rings that I've read is that like Tolkien is in a very different place in his life writing each. I don't know much about Tolkien's personal life, but you read The Hobbit and The Hobbit is, it's a very classic quest. It's just a little Mm -hmm. fairy tale. It's, it has trolls and uh, dwarves and other non-mentioned characters that I will not touch on yet. (laughs) But the elements of the story, they're very simple. It's just... It's just mm-hmm. a quest. It's just there's there's a thing they want to get done and they're going to get it done. Like the way Bilbo is written compared to the way Frodo is written. It's just it's very clear that this was just like a little story he had. But then expanding upon that, I wonder which came first, the the Hobbit or the world? Because the world is so intense and it's rich. And The Hobbit basically just touches on these little things through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so this chapter is, so this is chapter two. It is called Roast Mutton. We start off with Bilbo waking up the night before. He's had this terrible, unexpected party of all of these dwarves bursting into his house uninvited. Um, And he had gone to sleep with this. He's like, I'm not going to wake up and make them breakfast. And they are just going to have to deal with that. So he gets up and discovers they've made a mess of the place. There are pots and pans and dishes everywhere. They've all had breakfast and they've all left. And for a second, he's like, wait, no, but like, I didn't actually want you to leave. Like, how how dare they leave me behind? Like, I didn't actually want to be left behind. I wanted them to like make me fight for it, you know, or whatever. This has the energy of the college off-campus house that throws the parties. I don't know uh, where you went to school, Mary Clay, but uh, Molly and I went to the same school and there were a couple houses where like every weekend you just knew if you went to that house, there was going to be a party going on there. And some of the people who lived in those houses, Molly was very good friends with one of the houses her senior year. And (laughs) a lot of the people who lived there would always be like, oh God, all these random strangers in my house. I hate it. Like... I have to clean up all Mm -hmm. this garbage, blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing any of this anymore. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you're social and you wanted to live in the house. Right. Like they opted into living in that house, knowing full well that they weren't really party people, but like they like having people over. And if a few people came over, then everyone was going to come over. And then since I lived near enough that I could walk in the morning, it would often be like, all right, I got to go back (laughs) over there and help them out because (laughs) it's my fault I went over there. This does have that energy. It also, it says something about Bilbo's character, like knowing that first of all, he did not want any of this in the first place. Like how how dare Gandalf just like bring (laughs) these, what are they, dwarves into his home and be like, 
Bilbo's a burglar. What possessed I'm him to do that? I'm loving because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming at this from a perspective of like, I see Gandalf the White and, and then, oh, spoiler alert. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf is much more serious in in Lord of the Rings. So like reading him here in The Hobbit is just I'm just I'm living for it. I love chaotic Gandalf. <laughs> chaotic Gandalf kind of reminds me of Dumbledore in Potter Puppet Pals. Yes. <laughs> like yes! same energy. It's like Potter Puppet Pals versus Half-Blood Prince Dumbledore. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or even even just like Sorcerer's Stone Dumbledore versus Half Blood Prince Dumbledore. That's actually a yeah. very apt comparison. You know, like Earwax Dumbledore. Yeah, alas, Earwax. And I think I think also in the first one is when he says like, "All right, I have a few words before we get started." Nitwick, blubber, oddment, oddment and tweak, tweak or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And there, and I think if I remember correctly, there's like a line of narration or whatever. It's like. Harry thought this dude was crazy, but shrugged it off and kept eating anyway or something like that. Yeah. I think there's like a moment, maybe I know Harry Potter too well, where Harry's like, is he mad? And Percy's like, are you kidding? He's a genius. But yeah, he's mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's he's a little loopy, but yeah, we love him anyway. Yeah. yeah. But Gandalf is just, I mean, he came in here and ruined Bilbo's life. I just oh don't know what Bilbo did to deserve this. He was just sitting there by himself. and But then he gets, you know, in the morning, he's like, wait a minute. That sounded kind of fun. What? No. But like, mm, no, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm thinking of um, this moment in Parks and Rec where um, the character Craig, played by Billy Eichner, um, is like, I'm so upset. I have to leave. Like, no one follow me. And then he leaves. And then he's like, obviously, I'm upset. Someone follow me now. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what this feels like, where he's like, how dare they leave? How dare they leave me? And there's like, but like, I, I think I kind of actually wanted to go. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like, how yeah. dare they? How dare they leave? <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, the dwarves, so rude. How dare? Because the night before, they cleaned up everything after dinner. And then he wakes up and there's this huge mess. And I'm like, seriously, you couldn't have at least put the dishes in the sink? Like, oh, terrible. Like, just so mean. So Bilbo... Um, cleans up all, everything and he's finally sitting down for second breakfast. Second breakfast. I bring this up because when I was reading Lord of the Rings, I knew about like this legacy of second breakfast and this idea of like 11 Z's, afternoon tea and like this extensive hobbit meal schedule. But it never actually comes up in Lord of the Rings. Like there's never a moment where like it lists the hobbit meal schedule. And I think that's more a movie thing than anything. So so I was kind of like, what is, what's up with this huge reputation for second breakfast? It's like not even brought up. So I guess it's more, it's more present here, I suppose. Um, but yeah, he's sitting down for second breakfast and then Gandalf comes in and is like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be meeting the dwarves in 15 minutes. We left you a note. And Bill was like, what? <laughs> this note killed me. This so note is so funny. Good. This <laughs> note reads like, I'm a lawyer and it reads like a contract, like like a big ass contract being like, don't worry, you will get this much money. If you die, here are your uh, expenses that we will pay. Like that, it, it reads like a contract for something very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he reads this note left to him that he has um, overlooked and it is Thord and company to burglar Bilbo. <laughs> 
<laughs> I um, want a tattoo that says that. <laughs> <laughs> what, Burglar Bilbo? Yeah, Burglar Bilbo just like on my back. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know why, but all I can all I can think of is the ham burglar mm. <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from early '90s, like McDonald's mascot era. Whatever happened to those mascots, anyway? I don't know. Does Gen Z know about the ham burglar and like the the purple dude? I hope so. They better. Yeah. What was he? Was he was like the chicken nugget, but I don't know what his name was. But furry and purple. Yeah. 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 Uh, Grimace is the name of the purple guy. Grimace. Grimace. What kind of like nightmare fuel is that? McDonald's had. Oh, I mean Ronald McDonald is nightmare fuel. They're all. It's all a little bit terrifying. Maybe that's why they had to discontinue it for the sake of the mental health of the next generation of children. (laughs) Anyway, so in this letter, there Thorin's explaining that he will receive one fourteenth of any total profits, all traveling expenses guaranteed in any event, funeral expenses to be defrayed by us or our representatives if occasion arises and the matter is not otherwise arranged for. So I I just love that of like I'm thinking like Wheel of Fortune of like all expense paid vacation to the Bahamas. <laughs> all expense paid funeral. Yeah. And then yeah and then also we'll cover your funeral if you die. Mm-hmm. So they leave this note and say, we will be at the Green Dragon Inn, meet us at 11, trusting you will be punctual, which is funny because he's running late. (laughs) Yep. It's also funny just because, like, they've had no communication with him on this. So, like, that trusting you will be punctual is just, like, what I love is the chaos happening around Bilbo Mm -hmm. in a way he has no control over. And everyone else is acting like it's completely normal. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. also the fact that that they start this letter by saying, for your hospitality, our sincerest thanks, and for your offer of professional assistance, our grateful acceptance. Like, you came here and told him what Mm -hmm. he was going to be doing. Yeah, he's never really, like officially been like yeah this sounds great i'll go with you right and then i have a question about dwarves and i think i thought of this later in the chapter but i'm gonna ask it now in lord of the rings isn't there like a thing where people kind of feel wary about dwarves or like don't like them there's like some sort of like racism against dwarves going on in lord of the Rings. yeah so that is the the elves and dwarves have beef with each other okay because of some long like ancient history that I quite frankly can't remember, but it has something to do with someone took a piece of jewelry and and then it wasn't supposed I don't I don't even remember. It just involved someone stole something that like was originally theirs and then the elves were like, you can't take that, it's ours. I don't know. I'm doing a terrible job. Everyone listening is screaming at me um for butchering <laughs> this. But yeah, so that yeah, the elves and dwarves have beef with each other. In the Council of Elrond chapter, we do see one of the dwarves that is here in the Hobbit is Gloin, yes. who is Gimli's dad. I'm so hyped to like get to know him. Yeah. That being said, I could not for the life of me tell you like what the names of any of these dwarves are that we're with right now. Like I no. like I they're just like floating around in my head. And like at one point it mentions like Nori and Dory or something, and I was like, I didn't even know those dwarves were with us. So like Twelve's okay. a lot to keep track of. It's so many. <laughs> and I thought I thought like I was having a rough t- go of it when I was reading Lord of the Rings. And and then here we are with like twelve dwarves and all of their names are the same. 
I saw a quiz. I, I don't know if you posted this as I started following you on Instagram or if someone else posted this. Maybe it was Sparknotes or something, but it was like, is this a name from Lord of the Rings or did my cat walk across my computer? That was Sparknotes. <laughs> that was Sparknotes? Oh, it I made need me to take that die. one. That's yeah. good. There's yeah. another quiz that's like, is this a Lord of the Rings name or the name of an antidepressant? <laughs> and when I say it's, it's actually like kind of hard. <laughs> Yeah, so Gandalf shows up and is like, you have 10 minutes left. You will have to run. And Bilbo keeps trying to be like, but what? What?" And Gandalf is like, you don't have time for that. Go. So Bilbo's just like, okay. (laughs) And just runs out his door. I'm wondering if this is where we get, um, I've seen it in GIF form. It's Bilbo like running. It's Martin Freeman as Bilbo um, running down and he has like a map in one hand I think and the caption is like I'm going on an adventure. So I'm wondering if like this is where that moment comes in where we get that gift from. So I just realized that that's where okay so I was watching Love Actually recently and I was sitting there I was like this guy looks so familiar the the one who plays the sex stunt double. Martin Freeman. And I text well, it's Martin Freeman, and I texted my friend who loves Lord of the Rings, and I was like, "Is this person a Hobbit?" And they were like, "Well, in the Hobbit, which doesn't count as a Lord of the Rings film to me." So I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. People notoriously, and I'll—I mean, like, I'll have to wait and see what happens when I get to them. But uh, the Hobbit movies are notoriously not good. But I am so excited though to see Martin Freeman as Bilbo because. I think he was like born to be a hobbit. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I asked my friend because I hadn't and I've never seen the Hobbit movie, but I was like, this person looks like a hobbit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Bilbo's running to the green dragon, um, running as fast as his furry feet could carry him. And he arrives at the green dragon, like just as everyone's about to leave. And they're like, about time. Like, let's go. And Bilbo's like, I don't have my hat. I don't even have my handkerchief. I can't go like this. (laughs) This is the vibe of like a dream. You know, when you're in your dream world and you just kind of go with whatever's happening around you and you vaguely have the thought like, I didn't bring my clothes with me. But then you're like, I I guess I just have to go. Yeah. You just don't question anything. (laughs) Yeah. Bilbo kind of also has the vibe not to like keep connecting it to Harry Potter, but that's... No, please feel free to do it. Yeah. He has like the vibe of movie Harry where he's just like getting dragged from place to place and be like oh I don't know how I got here (laughs) exactly that's so funny because later on what he does I almost like I I just I almost wrote this down in my notes but I was just too lazy to write it which is that like I start when he like starts approaching the trolls I was getting like a lot of and then Harry did something that was both very brave and stupid (laughs) and I was just getting a lot of those vibes of like oh no Bilbo what are you gonna do that ended up not happening he just did something stupid right and was like wasn't really brave about it anyway but we'll we'll get there but yeah yeah yeah, definitely he definitely has a lot of Harry vibes of just yep. like, well, I guess this is happening to me now. Yep. So he's freaking out about his handkerchief and and Thorin's like, no time for handkerchiefs. So they start, they get ready to leave and some of the dwarves give him their cloaks and hoods to wear. And then Gandalf shows up on a very splendid white horse. And I got very excited for a moment thinking this was Shadow Facts. Me too. Um, and then I was like, wait, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, like, is it possible that it is Shadowfax anyway? Because I feel like he and Shadowfax are bros. So he stole Shadowfax from Rohan. So 
he doesn't have this long history with shadow facts. I thought maybe that was like, again, it's been, it hasn't been a while. I was about to say it's been a while since I've read them. It hasn't. But like, I felt, I got the vibe that he like knew shadow facts before he stole them. Okay. So I'm trying to think. So there's also, I also know nothing about like the lifetime of horses in Middle Earth. (laughs) If they also (laughs) have like prolonged. So there's a good chance that shadow facts isn't even born yet. True. Becca, for your context, if you haven't gotten there in the books, yeah, Shadowfax is the lord of horses. He a fast boy. Oh, I, I have not gotten there yet. I'm in um, Rivendell right now. Okay, cool. Like, they, they're, like, feasting, and I just, uh, I met, like, Arwen, and we found out about Eric Warren's That's past. all you're going to see of her. I'm telling you, that's literally all you'll ever I see I was of so her. excited yeah. there was a woman. No. She's no. mentioned in the last book, and I by the time she was mentioned, I was like, "You forgot about who, who the, she was." Yeah, who is this? I won't tell you what happens when she's mentioned in the last book, but it's it's wild, and I've definitely talked a lot about that and gotten hate comments about that too. Anyway, um. <laughs> so Lord of the Rings just generally doesn't even pass the, like the sexy lamp test. Oh Eowyn. no no no, no 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 no! But there's wait, wait hang on wait what's the sexy lamp? So test? you you've oh, heard wait. of the Bechdel test, right? Yeah. If you fail yeah. the Bechdel test, you go to the next test, which is the sexy lamp test. It's the really bad test um, for a movie that is really without women. And the test is if you have a movie and you can take a woman and replace her with a sexy lamp and it doesn't change the plot of the movie, you do not pass the sexy lamp test. Okay, Lord of the Rings does pass that yeah, test. Yeah, it does pass it. Because thankfully. there's um, Eowyn, who is an absolute badass. Yeah, um, she, she deserves the world. We love yeah. her. We stand her. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, we were talking about shadow effects. I don't know if technically he's even been born yet, but considering he's also the Lord of Horses, I don't know like what the magical lifespan is for Lords of Horses. (laughs) Um, So he could still be alive. I don't know. If I remember correctly, Gandalf, whenever he visits, and also like getting to see Gandalf the way he is in The Hobbit, it makes total sense his reputation in The Lord of the Rings, which is that whenever he shows up, everyone is like, oh my God, you again? Can you just like leave us alone? Like you ruin our lives every time you show up. Please stop doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with it anymore. So, so in his like travels, whenever he would visit Rohan, he apparently like, I don't know, forged some kind of connection with Shadowfax. And then after the thing happens with his character, mm-hmm. um, he goes back to Rohan and steals shadow facts and Rohan is pissed about it because Rohan is like the land like they're the horse people they're an entire land of horse girls and (laughs) they they love horses and Gandalf stole their favorite best horse anyway anyway so all that being said Gandalf shows up on a horse that is not shadow effects. This makes me laugh so much because when he was at Bilbo's house, he's like, you'll have to run. When he 100% could have been like, oh, it's okay. They're waiting for me too. We'll go together. Like hop on my horse and we'll go. Yeah, Instead, what? <laughs> he was like, I'm going to make Bilbo freak out and it's going to be hilarious when I show up later. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. what it. Yeah, he's an ass. You can yeah. say it. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just love it though. It's great. It's this sort of energy that he's like coming in there with Ashton Kutcher punked energy. Yeah. <laughs> 
and all the dwarves are definitely in on it too like they knew that he was gonna be there and yeah they're still waiting for Gandalf yeah and they're just giving Bilbo this hard time for no reason yeah and and also Gandalf packed up Bilbo's handkerchiefs and his weed and his pipe and yeah like he could have given him a ride the essentials the essentials yes of course They all set out. They are all, I I want to note that they are all on horses or ponies of some kind. Um, There was a part of me that really wanted Bilbo's pony to be Bill the Pony. But again, that's not, that's not physically possible because Bill the Pony likely hasn't been born yet. And also Bill the Pony lives in Bree. So it's fine. It's fine. He's my favorite character, but it's fine. Um, Him and Sam, their relationship is so pure. So, um, okay, yeah, so they're, they have, they don't stop as often for meals as Bilbo would have liked, but still he began to feel that adventures were not quite so bad after all. So we get this, like, little glimpse of Bilbo, like, starting to secretly like everything he's been so, like, bah humbug about. I mean, at this point, he's basically just been on a horse-led hike and had a couple meals. Yeah. That yeah, that being said, they haven't really done much adventuring yet. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. basically on like a scenic route. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny thinking about like this Bilbo who's like I would rather not do much at all and like just kind of meander about and eat food versus Lord of the Rings Bilbo who's like constantly won't shut up about his adventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a changed man, which is so it's really like not surprising to me, I guess, or or, or shocking, but like I thought I was going to love Bilbo. Reading I mean not that I not that like I hate Bilbo here. He's just like different than I expected because his he is savage in Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. And I like I love him and he's hilarious and just like unapologetic and I just love him. So I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great. We're going to have a whole book of just like savage dry sarcasm Bilbo just not caring about what he's saying to people around him." And it's actually like quite the opposite of like Bilbo is just like very meager. So I'm assuming that like transformation will will happen over time in the course of this book. But yeah, they've barely done any adventuring, but he's like, "Oh, this seems fun." <laughs> so they they start going through the Shire and like seeing people here and there or a farmer. And this is where I absolutely started fuming and I had to put my book down because so it says, then they came to lands where people spoke strangely and sang songs Bilbo had never heard before. Now they had gone on far into the lone lands where there were no people left, no ends, and the road grew steadily worse. So here we are <clears throat> in the span of two sentences. They have not not only left the Shire, but they have like gotten farther past the Shire. It takes them like 70 god pages to just leave the Shire. Longer. In Fellowship of the Ring. I think I timed it. It's- yeah, I, I meant to go back and, and check and see like what, like how long does it take them? Like exactly how many pages? I It, it takes forever. Them, it, I think it takes them like 100 pages to get out of the Shire. Oh my God. And I was, I was just fuming. I was like, you mean to tell me that they... <laughs> They leave the Shire in the span of one sentence, (laughs) but it takes them a hundred pages in Fellowship of the Ring. Molly, please hold up your book. See this right here? (laughs) See right here? Look at the whole book, though. Look at the whole book. Yeah, this is the whole book. Guess how many sequels that book has? 
three. No, zero. But, Lord of the Rings oh, is not a sequel. Oh, I understand. I understand. I understand what you're going for. <laughs> like, this is the whole story. This is the whole yeah. story. But then they made it into three movies, two movies? Yeah, three. that's why people apparently hate it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it didn't need to be three movies. I guess in Lord of the Rings, they have to, for some reason, go to like the Brandywine Bridge and they have to pick up Merry and Pippin and they have to do this and that and go to that house where they wait they have for to a go while. To Tom yeah, I was going to say they have yeah. to chill with Tom Bombadil for a little while doing absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Oh, I love but Tom Bombadil. I love Bombadil. it, but I love yeah. it anyway. I did not like Tom Bombadil. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I know that's like a real blasphemous thing to say to people who are huge Lord of the Rings fans. No, 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 because no, Tom Bombadil is very divisive. Because I like I haven't I haven't talked to a single person who's just like, oh yeah, I could really you know like give or take him whatever. The people either are like I love Tom Bombadil or people are like I cannot stand him. I skip his chapters every time I reread it. <laughs> what are we talking about? Tom Bombadil? I don't even remember. Anyway, yeah. The so they leave. They leave. Yeah, they leave the chapter, which is just it's just so funny to me because like re- looking at like the pacing of the hobbit like i obviously i knew that the hobbit was like paced differently from lord of the rings and that it was like a totally different vibe like i knew that i didn't know it was like this different like so different to the point where i'm like okay so tolkien you had it in you to speed up the pacing a little bit you just didn't want to <laughs> Yes. He just wanted to to describe landscape to you for a hundred pages while while Frodo and Sam and Mary Pippin run from black writers and hide out with Tom Bombadil. <laughs> like he just he just didn't want to speed it up at all. Nope. <sighs> Tolkien. Oh my god. Okay, so anyway. In the span of a paragraph, a whole month passes. <laughs> Because it's almost June. They left in early May. Um, And now the adventuring has gotten not so fun anymore because now it's cold. It's dark. um, They're not stopping for food and rest as much. And Bilbo's getting kind of grumpy. They're all in bad moods. And they're looking around for where they could set up camp. And then it says, not until then did they notice that Gandalf was missing. So far, he had come all the way with them, never saying if he was in the adventure or merely keeping them company for a while. I, Gandalf Irish goodbyed them. He did. Gandalf also, keep in mind that this is a bunch of dwarves and a hobbit oh. who are all like a little on the small side. And Gandalf is like seven feet tall. And they, they just they didn't realize that he disappeared. <laughs> This part of the book just made me laugh so much because I'm like, Gandalf would. He would just, just just leave. And I just also love the fact that he hasn't said like, oh, yeah, I'm with you guys for this adventure. Let's go get this treasure back. Or, you know, like, no, I'm just going to, I don't know, ride with you. He just, they, they have no idea what he's up to nope. the whole and time. And nobody's thought to ask either. Man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gandalf, Gandalf. Okay, yeah. So he Irish goodbyes them. And then they stop to set up camp and then there's this whole thing with the river where like one of them almost like a bunch of them almost drown and then they lose their food and they're all soaking wet oh yeah there's this one line that says bilbo was sadly reflecting that adventures are not all pony rides in may sunshine (laughs) so yeah so earlier when he was like he was beginning to quite like adventures he was Mm -hmm. just going for a pony ride in on a nice spring day (laughs) And then now he's like, never mind, I take it back. <laughs> I think terrible. that can pretty much sum up all of the Lord of the Rings books is that 
yeah, adventures are not pony rides in May sunshine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this moment also reminded me um, in... It's either in the Two Towers book or Return of the King book. I can't remember, but like Sam and Frodo have this talk about like they're they're having such a terrible time and they're just like depressed and terrible because they're like in Mordor and it's awful. And Sam says something like, you know, this is something that like you don't really think about when Bilbo is telling his fun stories. You don't think about like how terrible it is along the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like Bilbo's having like that moment right here. Yeah. And they see this light off in the distance and they all start arguing about what it is and who's gonna go see it and everything i think thorin says someone said someone says uh they're they're gonna go like investigate it or whatever and someone says after all we've got a burglar with us and off they went and i was like oh my god they're gonna make bilbo go check it out literally why would they think that's a good idea what has he done to make them think that he's a good burglar i don't they're going off of gandalf's word yeah but like gandalf is making it up yeah they don't know that that's the thing is gandalf god gandalf just what oh my god what a sly little asshole um yeah he was he was like uh, no, Bilbo's going to be a great burglar for us. And I, like, I really, and this is something I talked about in the previous chapter, too, is that, like, I'm interested to see, like, why exactly did Gandalf pick Bilbo? Like, what was it about Bilbo that Gandalf was like, yeah, this is going to be great. Um, He's going to, like, he has it in him to do this for us. Even though he's going to protest, he's going to love it. Because when they, when Bilbo and Gandalf, like, when their characters meet up in chapter one, Bilbo doesn't even recognize Gandalf and know him. Right. So it's not it's not like, oh, they're old friends. They go way back and Gandalf knows Bilbo better than Bilbo knows himself. And it's like, no, Bilbo's going to love. So like, I'm interested to see, like, why did Gandalf decide that Bilbo was going to be the burglar? Mm-hmm. for this journey. I have a question. In this part, they're, when they're like speculating about the fire that they or the light that they see in the f- distance, um, they say, they mention they don't know if anyone around here has even heard of the king. And I know that like the whole Lord of the Rings series is about returning the king to yeah. kingdom. So like, who's the king right now? That's what I, yeah, I think when Tolkien was writing this, it was a much more simplified version of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. So I, cause I was thinking, I was like the king of what land, like what land are they in? Cause it mentioned, yeah, it mentions earlier, like the lone lands. And I'm like, I don't know where those are. We also don't, we don't have like as detailed of a map as we do for the Lord of the Rings books. So like, I don't exactly know where they are and I don't know like what king they're referring to. There's no way they've made it all the way to Rohan because Gondor doesn't have a king at this point. I don't know where they are. So I think they, I think Tolkien must, this must have just been like a more simplified version. You know, he's just kind of going along with like the classic like fairy tale tropes. But yeah, I did all, I did also think that I was like, what king? Where are they? I don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) they decide that they're gonna send bilbo to investigate this light off in the distance um they're like you're gonna go and see what it is and find out if it's safe for the rest of us make a hoot once if you're in danger and twice if you're not and blah and then they send bilbo off and like the only thing he can think of as he's walking there is like i don't know how to make an owl hoot <laughs> like i don't know how, i don't know how to do that sound <laughs> it's kind of like when your boss is like can you get this done for me and you're like sure and then you turn back to your computer and you're like wait you're like what <laughs> wait how do i what do that 
Where where even is that? I don't I don't yeah. know. Like where is that? Um so he starts approaching this light source and discovers that there are some trolls sitting around a fire. Um and this is the most casual run in with trolls because it says like um they're they were sitting around drinking out of jugs, but they were trolls. Obviously trolls. Even Bilbo, in spite of his shelter life, could see that. And I'm just like, that's quite like a like I, I would have been like you know, quarrel, you know, trolls yeah, troll in the dungeon. <laughs> you know, and said he's like, oh, it's trolls. Well, it helps that their names are They're so William, normal. Bert, and Tom. Um, <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I think it's like when, when people name their pets very human names. My pets are always very human names. I've had Fred and I have Amy. They're... That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I think it's hilarious when someone's like, this is my dog. His name is Craig. <laughs> like, this is my Chihuahua Brianna. Yeah, <laughs> that, oh, got yeah. that got you. That one really got me. <laughs> Brianna the Chihuahua. Oh man, that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Whenever I get a dog, I want to name him Bill the Dog after Bill the Pony. Yeah. Um, but he he has to be Bill the Dog. So like, we're at the dog park. Someone's like, "Oh, what's your dog's name?" Oh, Bill the Dog. Bill. Okay. Nope, no. build the dog. Build the dog. Build build the the dog. <laughs> I was talking about good Lord of the Rings dogs names while I was reading Lord of the Rings, and one of my favorites, I know it's Galadriel, but in my head it's Galadriel, and I would call my dog Galadriel, but Lady for short. Aww, that's cute, Aww. that's cute, that's cute. So yeah, he sees their trolls, and they start conversing about, like, they're not happy with their meal, and we find out, yes, we find out their names are William, Tom, and Bert. <laughs> I just, like, the same universe where we have Bilbo, Frodo, Gloin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Bert. Tom. William. (laughs) William. Bilbo, this is is what uh, the moment I was talking about earlier where Bilbo is thinking about, like, what he should do. He's like, and a part of him knew he should turn around and go back and tell the other dwarves what he saw. Another part of him thought that he should he could, like, sneak around and start pickpocketing. And so this is when I was like, oh, no, he's about to do something stupid, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes to pickpocket one of them. And he's, like, super happy about it. He's like, I'm so good at this. <laughs> and then immediately gets caught. <laughs> Because, because the purse can talk. Yes. Trolls' purses are the mischief, and this was no exception. Air, who are you? It squeaked as it <laughs> left the pocket. And William turned round at once and grabbed Bilbo by the neck before he could duck behind the tree. So yeah, it's a talking yep. purse. Mm-hmm. Great. Totally normal. Makes totally sense. Normal. Is this Checks like a out. commonly known thing? Because if it's not, then I get why Bilbo went for it. But also, the, like his thought process is like, well, they think I'm a burglar. I might as well start burgling. Do some burgling, yeah. yeah and, but then, I mean, if this book is told from Bilbo's perspective, which it appears to be, it's immediately after he takes the purse, it says, but trolls' purses are are the mischief, which I guess means they can talk. And so, like, he does know that going in. I think maybe this was, like, hindsight that, the na- that like, him as the narrator was mm. putting in of being like, but as we all know... Trolls' purses are the mischief, but, like, obviously he didn't know that at the time. It was only after this incident that he learned 
troll's purses are the mischief. Actually, speaking of the narrator, a few times throughout this chapter, it just slips into first person, like, fully. I can't tell you why, blah, 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 blah. Is that Bilbo or is that Tolkien? I think think at the time it was, like, Tolkien. Because I don't... I mean, granted, I don't know what happens at the end of this, but... um. It's not until Lord of the Rings that we find out Bilbo is writing down his story right. and that he eventually writes a story called The Hobbit. So I think like for the purposes of like where we are in like real timeline of like when he was writing these and everything, I don't think he had this narrative idea planned out yet that like, oh, Bilbo's going to be writing his story. Um, so yeah, I think it's Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the trolls catch him and they're like, are there any more of you? And he says, yes, lots, said Bilbo, before he remembered not to give his friends away. I'm like, oh my God, you're terrible at this. He's so silly. <laughs> it's so bad. It's not going well. He's really bad at burgling. He's really bad at like just everything involved in adventuring. <laughs> they start they start fighting with each other, which is very like on brand for Tolkien's like monsters and villains because Mm -hmm. the orcs turn on each other all the time. And that's usually how our characters get out of the tight spot that they're in with orcs is the orcs will just start fighting with each other. And then like while that's happening, they sneak away. Right. Um, So Bilbo like goes off and hides um, while they're fighting. And then the dwarves, this is what I don't get. So the dwarves come up. Bilbo is like, I'm just going to let this happen. I don't know why he's not, unless, like, he had been knocked unconscious, but it doesn't say that. He doesn't, like, give a warning shout of, like, hey, there are trolls, you know. So the dwarves, for whatever reason, come up. The The trolls decide they're going to stand, stand, like, in the shadows and hide. And then the dwarves come up and, like, investigate the fire one by one. And then the trolls put them into sacks and then like toss them away and I'm like okay but then when the next dwarf comes up how did he not see that happen to the previous dwarf you know right right also these bags that they're getting thrown over their head I guess like later on it says they're tied up in the bags but while they're describing this happening they're just getting bags thrown over their heads and it's like oh but then they're they're lying prostrate on the ground why can't they just boop but then they get tied up I guess yeah I think they were maybe like bigger bags so when he says like thrown over their head maybe it goes over like their middle part of their body and then it like they like I'm imagining that like they cinch the bags like at their waist so it's just like it's just their legs poking out mm. or something I don't know yeah but like mm, can they sense. still run even if they're blindly running they're still yeah, running yeah so like this is where right. I'm kind of led to believe that maybe the dwarves aren't very smart yeah I was getting that vibe <laughs> I was getting that vibe for sure they're not very intuitive um they're not great at like um, picking up on like the details of their surroundings to deduce what's happening um, and make safe decisions from that information. But mm-hmm. no, so they all come up one by one and get captured. And Bilbo's still just like sitting in a bush. <laughs> a weenie, one might say. And so he, which like, I mean, granted, I can't really, I can't really blame him because like, I don't know what else he would do you know, in this situation. So right. he's not a fighter. Him. He's not really a burglar either. So hiding makes the most sense yeah. for him. So the trolls have captured all the dwarves. And it was at this point that I was like, all right, where the hell 
is Gandalf? <laughs> Where did he go? What's he up to? And then he does show up again. Um, it says, it was just then that Gandalf came back, but no one saw him. So Gandalf hides in the woods and all of the trolls start fighting about like what way best to eat the dwarves and, and skin them and cook them. And Gandalf keeps like doing um he he reminds me of puck from a midsummer night's dream yes oh God, because that was loud. he's like he's like throwing his voice and like tricking them into thinking that like one of the trolls is saying like oh let's skin them alive then they start fighting over that and they're like wait i didn't say that and they're like yeah you did we heard you say it and like every time he suggests something they're like it's like, and so they argued and then decided it would be best if they sat on the dwarves and squashed them. And I'm like, Gandalf, you keep making this worse. Mm-hmm. Also, like, how is that a way to cook somebody? I don't know. They just want to kill them for later when they decide to No, cook no, no. Yeah. They're, they're planning on smushing them into jam. Oh, yeah. It does say that, doesn't it? Like, like they're mortar and pestling them, basically. <laughs> With their into butts. Into a pesto. With their butts. <laughs> Maybe they want it for a... Nice aioli on a sandwich. Yeah, dwarf aioli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then Gandalf says, Dawn, take you all and be stone to you. And we discover that Gandalf has just been distracting the trolls and waiting for dawn to come and for the sun to rise which is very convenient that trolls apparently can't be in the sunlight because they turn to stone Mm -hmm. couple things on this one wouldn't the trolls be like guys it's gonna be sunlight soon we should make a quick decision i think they're not that smart yeah and two gandalf just straight up murdered three people (laughs) yes i don't think no i don't i don't think that i think if he first of all i think it's warranted yes yes and i think he outsmarted them and used his own resources against them that led to their own downfall i don't think he killed them sure but i mean if he led them to a cliff and kind of just coaxed them over the cliff is that murder maybe well i mean here's the thing it's the trolley problem right (laughs) so gandalf saved 14 Teen dwarves and Bilbo and the Hobbit, uh-huh. for three trolls who were trying to kill them anyway. So I think I think it justifies it's justified. Yeah. Yeah, the I ends will justify the means. This the means scene had a ends. major hocus pocus vibe. Yeah, yes. like we're just waiting for sunrise to yeah, turn just them for to sunrise. stone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. And so it says, and there they stand to this day all alone unless the birds perch on them. For trolls, as you probably know, must be underground before dawn or they go back to the stuff of the mountains they are made of and never move again. And that is what happened to Bert and Tom and William. Question. In Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. when Frodo is on his journey, he's like, oh, I think somewhere out there is where my uncle Bilbo turned three s- trolls to stone. So that's 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 <laughs> the thing is, so there is like, this does have like a little cameo in Lord of the Rings. They like walk, they walk by this area where this happened and the trolls are still standing there. But the way that like, The impression I got from both the book and the movie from, like, this story with the trolls that Bilbo is telling is that, like, Bilbo had this really awesome fight with trolls and he defeated them single-handedly and both. No. (laughs) He got yeeted into a bush and then watched... All of the 13... How I don't even know how many dwarves there are. 12, 13? I think there's, I think there's 13. Oh, oh, there's 14 of them, including Gandalf. Okay, okay, yeah. So oh, there's okay, a dozen... Okay. okay, a dozen dwarves, Bilbo, and Gandalf. Okay, yeah. He, he hides in a bush, 
tw- a dozen dwarves get uh, tied up and and Gandalf comes in and tricks the trolls until the sun rises and turns them into stone. That's not exactly the heroic journey and story that I got the impression from Bilbo and Lord of the Rings. So now I'm so interested to see like just this like small example of like, oh, so Bilbo was quite the unreliable narrator. Yes, and what's brilliant about it is that this was written first, but like reading it, it feels like, oh, I was tricked by that original story in Lord of the Rings. And then I thought that Tolkien wrote this after and was like, guess what? Ha ha ha. But really, he was like, actually, I'm just going to do this after the fact and make Bill. And so it was like a conscious choice on his part um, to make Bilbo an unreliable narrator. Mm. And I thought that was brilliant. In Lord of the Rings, he hasn't like nobody's like read the story like we're reading it you know they don't have like a a a, a shire printing press right <laughs> they they the only like written account that has this like quote unquote true story is what Fro- is the same book that frodo writes his story in and like that's it so everyone that has heard the story has only heard bilbo's like verbal telling of it um and so i imagine may- maybe even bilbo was like okay maybe writing the story is my chance to actually like tell the truth of what happened yeah um so gandalf shows up saves the day he pulls bilbo out of the bush and unties all of the dwarves they go into a cave um nearby where they're pretty sure the trolls had been and they're like oh it's locked and bilbo's like oh maybe this key will work i found it on the ground (laughs) and i'm like okay this was awfully convenient as well but then again it's i have to keep reminding myself that like this is a children's story it's much lower stakes kids don't care about like that seems a little convenient for me you know so they unlock this door and they find all of these treasures and things that the trolls have collected from previous victims uh thorin and gandalf each take two cool looking swords Mm -hmm. and bilbo takes a knife in a leather sheath it would have made only a tiny pocket knife for a troll but it was as good as a short sword for the hobbit i love that he takes a knife and it's his sword do you think that that is sting yes that's what i was wondering too i was like oh so is this sting um and if it is like did he so does that mean that like he named it sting because i i I was under the impression that like someone gave him the sword and was like this is sting it has been passed down from (laughs) hobbit to hobbit you know (laughs) i think bilbo named it sting so yeah so i like this idea that he named it sting it's so cute yeah. Yeah. So I think unless he like is gifted another sword later on, I think this might be Sting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um. So they collect themselves, um, each like a good share of the the treasure and everything, and they go and bury it to find later on, hopefully when they are alive, and they turn back and come and they'll like bury it. They'll they'll bring it back up, and then Thorin is like. Gandalf, where the hell were you? And Gant, just typical Gandalf, says, to look around. And what brought you back in the nick of time? Looking behind, said he. And I'm like, oh, Gandalf. Oh, Oh, Gandalf. You sly bastard. And then Thorin says, could you be more plain? (laughs) 
<laughs> Thorne's not taking any a of this. A little more of an explanation of what happened. Gandalf is like, oh, well, you see, I went ahead to scout out the area. I ran into some elves. Um, and they said that they came across some trolls and then I heard some noise behind me. So I turned back to save you guys, obviously. Duh. Um, and Bilbo, it's like elves. Um, (laughs) and they mentioned that like, they'll probably go towards Rivendell. Do they even say they do? They say they're going to see Rivendell in a few days time. And my question then is Gandalf is really going to bring 12 dwarves into oh that's true i didn't think about that yeah that's true they're gonna be pissed Mm -hmm. well i guess that's gonna happen yeah yeah and i also now so yeah he says um i met two of elrond's people um actually i'm trying to see i guess the only reason the only reason i know that he was talking to elves is because i know who elrond is he doesn't actually say the word elves I guess he just says, I met two of Elrond's people. Anyway, I had this like knee jerk reaction uh, against just seeing the word Elrond now because I've seen the movies because of of Hugo weaving and and like what and also like how they they made Elrond's character in the movie like really terrible. And he kind of like gaslights Arwen and is like, how how dare you be in love with this mortal man? Don't you love me, your dad? Like, you can't love more than one person in your life, and I'm obviously the most important person for you. And she's like, okay, dad. And he's just ter- all around terrible. So I had this knee-jerk reaction to be like, shut up, Elrond. <laughs> I don't want to see you. Wait, in the movie, uh, who is played by Loki? She's asking who Tom Hiddleston plays. Oh, he, oh Tom in- Hiddleston isn't in Lord of the Rings, I don't think. He's not? <laughs> No, no. Maybe you're thinking of Orlando Bloom? No, I know Orlando Bloom's in it, but Tom Hiddleston really isn't. I've been picturing so. him as Elrond the whole time. Hang on, I'm going to Google no, it. No, Hugo, we, maybe maybe he plays young Elrond in the Hobbit movies. I don't know. But no, Hugo Weaving plays Elrond. And it's it's a little jarring for me, honestly, every time I see his face in the movies. Um, his His forehead is just so big. Oh, you know what? Who did I just say was in it? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Tom. Were you thinking of Benedict Cumberbatch? Maybe I'm trying to think of like who are all these other like British actors who are like kind of lean and skinny men. Yeah, they all have that sort of like troubled look. I was picturing Elrond, and I thought they kind of. Oh look, Pinterest.com. Imagine Tom Hiddleston as an elf in Lord of the Rings Pinterest board. <laughs> So I'm not completely off base. You're not completely crazy. <laughs> there is one person on the internet who agrees with you. Thank you, person on the I internet. I mean, I don't know. I'd li- I would much rather see... I think Tom Hiddleston... I think he's, he's too young to be Elrond because Elrond is an older elf. So I yeah. think he would have been too young to be Elrond. But I would gladly take him over Hugo Weaving. So... Um, so yeah, so that's how that's how the chapter ends as they are trying to think what else happens. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to be in Rivendell soon. And yeah, Gan- <laughs> Gandalf says, yeah, immediately I had a feeling I was wanted back. Looking behind, I saw a fire in the distance and made for it. So now, you know, please be more careful next time or we shall never get anywhere. Thank you, said Thorin. The end. Which he shouldn't be. Th- he should have been like, you shouldn't have less- left us in the first place, you idiot. But yeah, fine. Right? <laughs> 
anyway, so so that's that's how the chapter ends. Was there anything that um, I like glossed over or something else you wanted to bring up? There was one moment when the trolls were fighting with each other where one of them said to the other, you're a booby. And yeah. I <laughs> laughed out loud. <laughs> I did too. I was like, what a funny thing to put in. Just like what a random funny word. You're a booby. Booby yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it made me think. It made me think of um Drake and Josh and how Megan is just always c- calling Drake and Josh boobs. boobs. Yep, yep. <laughs> yes, that was a very important detail. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. I'm so sorry to have glossed over it. You're so welcome. I'm just here to bring up the important literary devices that we're employed. <laughs> so. Well, that will bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can listen to our podcast, Pod and Prejudice, anywhere you get your podcasts. That includes Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio. You can also find us on podandprejudice.com if you'd prefer to find it through our website. And you can follow us on social media everywhere at Pod and Prejudice. That's like Twitter, Instagram, etc., Facebook. Yeah, and thank you so much for having us. This was so much fun, and I might actually continue reading the book, maybe. Yeah, yeah, this one's so much easier to read than Lord of the Rings. So, yeah. so, so yeah, hopefully you do, yeah, do keep reading it. And Becca, I, I encourage you to keep reading Lord of the Rings. Um, you're, you are about to hit the Council of Elrond chapter. I'm going to warn you now. It's a doozy. So it's rough. I'm halfway through the Council of Elrond chapter. Oh, okay. Okay. That's where I I'm, stopped. Once <laughs> once you get through that chapter, it's kind of it's like it's the hump. Yeah. Once you get once you get past that, like that's kind of when once again just like talk about Tolkien's terrible pacing of Lord of the Rings. Um that's kind of like when the adventure like really kicks off, you know, cuz from from there it's like okay we have a hundred pages of like the adventure is kind of starting and then like things kick into gear when they have when they meet strider and then mm-hmm. they have the nod school attack yeah that's and what exciting. happened i was like so hype i was like strider slash aragorn is awesome and hot. then like he's hot they were getting <laughs> he's so hot and then they were like going really far and like there was a big intense battle then it kind of died down again and then it just yeah it dies down <laughs> for them to be in Rivendell that's what I'm talking about is a proud member of WBNE you can learn more about the network by going to wbne.org where you will find all of our shows like bacon and eggs Howdy, Yokes. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And we host Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. It's the most roll-your-eyes-I've-seen-it-before concept for a show. But with new hosts, I promise. Each week, we sit down together and watch a beloved movie. We start by looking at some critical and concrete points and let our conversation flow from there. We've covered all sorts of movies, from Jaws to Little Women. From the Lego Movie to the Lego Movie 2. From Marvel to Star Wars. From Back to the Future to Back to the Future Part 2. And tangents from our frustrations with fast food. To discussing our fear of the Mighty Loon. So if you want a podcast that makes you laugh, download Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. With new episodes available every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on WBNE.org. Ghostbusters 2! I, I, my, my hope and dream was that you would say that. The cover art is by Graphite, a.k.a. Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Tolkien About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash Pod or following the link in the episode description. And I see that some of the merch from the first batch of orders is starting to arrive. So if you have just gotten your merch, 
tag me in a picture of it. I want to see it. And you can tag me on social media at Tolkien About Pod. That is the handle for Twitter and Instagram. And you can also join the Facebook group, which is linked in the episode description. You can find me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks. You can join Discord for $3 a month, which I highly recommend doing because not only is our Discord amazing, but there are also extra things that happen in there that don't happen on social media. Like last week, I did a giveaway drawing for this extra copy of The Hobbit that I have. Long story short, I own two copies of The Hobbit that I technically didn't pay for, either of them. I don't know how this happened, but capitalism? Question mark. Anyway, join our Discord for $3 a month, or you can become a sponsor like Mots, who is literally the most amazing, wonderful person in our Discord. No offense to everyone else in our Discord, but I think they would also agree with me that Mots is amazing. And I am so thankful to have him as a sponsor for That's What I'm talking About. And as always, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. Yeah, so do you guys have any parting words for the audience? Hmm. Booby. <laughs> Nitwit, ob, oddment, blubber, and tweet. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>